The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold, with his wife and children and all that he had, and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Forgiveness can be difficult, it can be complicated. If I accidentally bump into you as we are passing by each other, that's not hard to forgive. Not all forgiveness is like that. I don't know if actually that really is forgiveness. That's more like being polite if I bump into you and say you're sorry. Forgiveness is more serious. Being polite is definitely easier than forgiving. And since politeness is easier than forgiveness, we often try to have politeness be a sufficient substitute for actual forgiveness. There's a phrase that's common, I will forgive, but I won't forget. That's like a forewarning for how you're going to treat the person, and that is coldly and maybe fiercely politely. The recipient of that coldness gets the message quite clearly. He or she knows that they are not forgiven. There's no forgiveness from the heart. So when Jesus says at the end of our reading, so also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from the heart, 
We should not think that our cold avoidance of the one with whom we have our beef is sufficient. That's not forgiveness. It's also not fulfilling what Jesus says at the beginning of our reading when Peter came to him and asked him, how many times does my, my brother sin against me and I should forgive him? He thought he was being generous. Up to seven times? No, Jesus says. Not seven times, but 70 times seven. So how do we forgive? And how do we forgive from the heart? I can't pretend that I have some secret formula. We do have Jesus's parable, though, and that might help if we are willing to receive instruction from him, but I have to say, I won't hold my breath, though, because being willing to receive instruction, particularly about forgiveness, is not automatic. Here's another common phrase, blind with rage. A person can go blind from anger, not literally, but in the sense that the person is so angry that they simply won't take in anything else about the situation. Don't talk to them about forgiveness because they won't have it. You have no idea how they've been hurt. So it's not automatic that you'll listen to Jesus' parable, but maybe today's the day. Jesus' parable is pretty straightforward. There was a man who owed a huge debt to the king, and he couldn't pay it back. He was going to be sold together with his family into slavery until they should pay it back. However, this man pleaded with the king, and because the king was merciful, he forgave the entire debt. And then this same man goes out and he finds somebody who owes him some money and he took him by the throat, pay back what you owe. And this debtor used the very same words that the one who was forgiven had used, be patient, I'll pay you back. But there's no mercy shown here, he throws him into, into prison until it should be paid back. And this was highly distressing to all those fellow servants who heard about it, and that made them make their petitions to the king. And when the king found out about it, he called the man in, you wicked servant, I showed you mercy. Couldn't you have shown mercy to the one who owed you? And he threw him into prison until he should pay back the last penny. As we consider this parable, what I'd like to convince you all of is that we are like the man who was forgiven. It might seem extraordinary that he is so blind to his hypocrisy that he can't forgive as he had been forgiven, but that's actually not that hard if only you have this perspective that comes so easily to us. The perspective that comes so easily to us is to always be looking out for ourselves. How can I get ahead? How can I have more? And how can I get without having to give? 
With this perspective, the man's debt being forgiven was a huge boon to him. Here he had been able to spend all this money and he doesn't have to pay any of it back. Good for him. And when he left the king and found the fellow who owed him money, he simply continued to be the way that he always was. He continued to look out for himself. And here were some more uh, riches that he could accumulate for himself if only he can get this guy to pay. With the perspective we've been considering, we almost have to say, well, if it's all about getting as much as you can for yourself, well, then good for him. He's just being a good businessman, and as every good businessman knows, you have to pay as little as you possibly can and get as much as you possibly can. And maybe this man's greed and lack of compassion was what he prided himself on. It was the way that he had gotten ahead in life, you see. So I don't think this fellow who was forgiven by the king was even thinking about what he was doing. He was just doing what he'd always done. He'd always looked out for himself. He'd always done what was best for him. And if this fool king wants to forgive him, well, okay. A fool and his money is soon parted, they say, but this fellow was no fool. That's not the way you get ahead in life. You don't get ahead in life by forgiving debts. This way of living is extremely common. You might say it's the default, the natural way. Lots of people think there's nothing wrong with it. Maybe you don't think there's anything wrong with it. I tell you, it wouldn't be hard to find some people who give lectures and write books who would argue that this way of living is what's good for oneself and it's good for society. With every last person competing for every last resource, we've managed to bring about, so they say, our glorious modern world with all of its abundance. Selfishness has supposedly produced this miracle. And as we all know, everybody's so happy these days. So according to them, we don't need less self-centeredness. We need more. But if this is the way that you will live your life, then you will never forgive. You can't forgive, you see. Because forgiving is against the rule that you've made for yourself. The rule you've made for yourself is that you're only going to do what's good for you and what gives you pleasure and what enriches you. Forgiveness is quite different from all of that. Forgiveness is costly. Think about this king. He lost billions of dollars when he forgave the debt. That's what this debt would be in today's money. Billions, not millions, billions. And such a debt being forgiven would bring down the very richest people in our society into the poorhouse, if not into debt themselves. He went from being rich to being poor. Think of what he could buy with all those billions of dollars. 
And the same thing is true with the fellow who was forgiven but didn't want to forgive his fellow servant. That forgiveness was costly too. A hundred denarii is probably about $20,000 in today's money. If a person doesn't collect on a debt like that, that hurts. You might not be able to buy that thing that you've wanted to buy, and you can't go on that trip that you've wanted to go on. But it's not always money that we lose with forgiveness. Sometimes it's costlier things, like pride. We like to be right, and you were right, of course, with that person with whom you've had that beef. You've always been right. They're the ones who have always been wrong. So you've always been right, and they've always been wrong. You shouldn't give up your claims against them. They should give up their claims against you. Or maybe somebody has dragged your family down into shame. They've wrecked your good name. They've wrecked your livelihood. They've wrecked your peace and happiness. These are very serious, very costly, often irreplaceable, irreparable things. And if you live your life in such a way that you are always going to come first, it is impossible to let go of such costly things. Never, ever, in a million years will you forgive. At least not from the heart. Maybe you'll be polite, but you'll never love them. You can't love them because they broke your number one commandment. You shall not harm me. One of the most surprising things that Christianity teaches us is that there are worse things than being harmed. There are worse things than suffering. The fear of harm, the fear of suffering is at the root of so many evils. Evils like lying and greed and anger and so on. But suffering is not the worst thing. Our God suffered to bring about our redemption. How can anyone say that that suffering was bad? The suffering of God in our Lord Jesus Christ was the highest and holiest thing that ever has happened and that ever shall be. This is reflected in the lives that we are given to live as Christians. Jesus left us with the remembrance of this suffering of God in the Lord's Supper. We are to do this Lord's Supper often, Jesus says, in remembrance of Him. In remembrance of what? In remembrance of God's suffering. Paul says in another place, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This sacrament is to remind us of Jesus' death, God's suffering. Then also we are called to suffer. Jesus says, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. 
To deny yourself and take up your cross is connected to what we heard about also today. We must forgive from the heart. That is a call to suffer. Forgiveness is costly. To reach out across the pain, not counting the cost, that's forgiveness. Now, I do not have the ability to make a single one of you forgive anyone. You probably realize that. What you might not realize is that you also do not have the ability to forgive anyone, at least not from the heart. That ability is not just given to anyone. These precious pearls are not cast before swine. It's only the Holy Spirit who can make anyone forgive truly from the heart. But what I can do is I can praise forgiveness. Forgiveness is great. Forgiveness is nearer and dearer to our God than anything else. When you think about who our God is and what he's done, in Jesus' costly suffering and death, he forgave the whole world. Forgiveness is good. Therefore, also, suffering is good. Suffering is good when it is done in love for your neighbor. It's good. I understand how we all fear suffering. I don't like it any more than you do. But it's good. For you to forgive those who trespass against you is beautiful. No amount of money can ever buy anything that is as beautiful as that. So be courageous. To not be afraid of suffering takes courage. Dare to forgive. Dare to reach out and love. And I can't tell you that that won't involve more suffering. It might. But I tell you that when you do that, you're not going to lose anything that's truly precious. And on the other hand, you just may be able to taste the true spiritual riches that come from our forgiving, loving, suffering God. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.